it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. Guys, welcome back to the About Last Night podcast. My, my, uh, boy, you see me just already stutter. That's what happens when you're in the presence now roll it. of hotness. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt Reif, good to see you, player. Dude, good to see Dude, you, Matty. I think man. I first, I think I first met you. Let's just get into that. I think it was, I think I first saw some shirtless underwear ad you did, <laughs> and I put that poster on my on my ceiling, and I was like, someday this, I want to meet this comic. <laughs> And you, when you were like 16, 17, 16, 17. Bedroom, I was like five. Did you have those, by the way, as a kid, like the posters of anybody like that you looked up to or like, you know, oh, hot girls as, or, as corny, or athletes? Who'd you have? As corny as it is going to sound, I had two posters in my room. I had one of Dave Chappelle and I had one of Dane Cook. Wow. Yeah. And even to this day, all my friends are come Still over. Still have like, those posters? Don't have those ones. Yeah. No. Now in my room, I have a, a vintage photo. Of, it's, it's a giant framed photo of the 1956 Oscars. I have oh, cool. uh, some artwork of Matthew McConaughey, Dave Chappelle and Patrick Swayze some of my Amazing. favorite entertainers just interviewed no McConaughey uh, for my other podcast dude with Chuck I Adele saw two days that ago. that's so awesome bonkers man. and guess Congrats. what congrats thank you all I want to do is be I've never met someone that afterwards I was just like yeah did I send him a DM on Instagram after yeah did he respond not yet yeah. uh, but dude the pod was so great he's such a uh, a true rare specimen where you're like oh how are you this dope at what you do mm-hmm. and articulate but like could roll with the punches and chill dude yeah. it seems like yeah did you read uh green lights uh i'm halfway through listening to it oh uh, i did the audiobook as well because yeah, it's, it's him narrating well, it, so if it you didn't so listen to it you would just do his voice in your head while you were absolutely reading it. um so okay so makana so were there a handful of con- so Chappelle and dane were the guys that made you mm-hmm. when you were a kid go oh i want to do that yeah, Dane is uh, the first comic I ever saw live. This is Whoa. when he was at like his his absolute peak. My right. mom won tickets on the radio. Awesome to to see him what in Nationwide Arena. Uh, I don't even. I think it was just like be this number caller oh, gotcha. or something okay. like that. It and I got like, home do from a Dane school. Impression and your oh, mom. Like, God, I hope it. not. She's a speaking spell bit over the phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my mom's a smoker, so it yeah. kind of just sounded yeah. like her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so yeah, she won the tickets, and we went and saw him. And like something inside me just kind of like clicked. I started doing stand up like seven months later, or something like that. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And in that seven months, what kind of you know prevented you from like starting the next week was it like needing to get a grasp on how do i even start this yeah because i was i had just turned 15 so like i didn't crazy, i didn't dude. understand even really what it was like, even when i started out i was doing a different five minutes every open mic because i didn't i didn't even know what a building a set was i thought i still thought comedy was just people going up there and being funny so i had i had no reference of how to even begin and i uh I figured out the the Columbus Funny Bone, which you yep. you've played. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great club. I, I found that was the closest club to me. It was about an hour away, and I emailed uh, Dave Stroop. Yeah, and wow. as a kid, I was like, "Hey, man, I know I'm I know I'm not 18 or 21, but like if I have a like a parent or something with me, I'd love to come try this out." And any any club owner in their right mind would have been like, "No, like, yeah. for for what? What are you? What value are you adding to my club? Exactly. No one's coming to out to see a fifteen year old. Yeah, to exactly. risk it. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he was just like, yeah, sure, come on by.' And he let me, and it just became like an extracurricular thing I was doing for fun. 
So you go there how many times a month? Their open or? mic was every Wednesday. So I would go, it was like 7.30 on Mom Wednesdays. Mom take you every Wednesday? My, I was living with my grandpa at the time, but yeah, yeah, he would take me. And, and it was like, uh, they were bringer shows. Yeah. Like every person had to bring five people or sell five tickets. So what my grandpa would do is he would buy five tickets to make it seem like I brought five Dude, people. Dude, that's unbelievable. <laughs> I know. It's, this is gonna, by the way, guy. this is your, when you go on The View or... Some show where women will already be swooning. That's the story. You oh, and then I'll tell the story about how I bought him two pocket pussies in a row for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> to say thank you? Yeah. Well, he broke the first one. So I had to get him a second one. From his cock? I assume so. Or just like dropped it and stepped on an I I like to think it's the you first didn't ask, one. Did... No, I didn't, I didn't really want to know. I broke my pocket pussy. Well, cool. <laughs> let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it was scary because the second one had a... Uh... <laughs> I got on like a souped up one, one where it had like a, the end of it was like a suction cup to where you could like put it to a surface. And I was like, yo, if I come home You're for Christmas the and wall. there's drywall missing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, Adam. I, I love, yeah, dude, that's been Matt Rife at Matt Rife on Twitter. By the way, I love that there's different tiers of the pocket pussy. Like you definitely yeah. were like, let me get him the basic one and then let me get him the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the basic one package. was, uh, it was not enough. He told verbatim, he said, I broke its neck, which made it so much more Dear disturbing. God, I was grandpa. like, you gave it a body part. Dude. It was disgusting. No thanks. Dude. Table for one. <laughs> well, that's a sweet. What's your grandpa's name? Steve. Still with us? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. He's, he's okay, my guy. So- you got to get him out for the special. I'm going to fly him out. He doesn't know that yet. And he's he doesn't even know what a podcast is. Okay, so he great. I was going to say, what if, by the way, he was a diehard About Last Night fan and like- It wouldn't surprise me, dude. He's been catching up super fast. Oh, really? I, I just got him his first iPhone for Christmas last year. Sweet. Uh, he refused. He had a flip phone forever. He wouldn't get an iPhone. because Those thought, people are just so hell bent mm-hmm. on not- uh, coming into the 21st century. He's so stubborn. He thought he thought iPhones were making everybody gay. Because cr- chronologically, he was like, think about it. Everybody started being gay around the time iPhone came out, which tech, if you look into it, it does kind of match Give up. Give an iPhone user a pocket pussy. Watch <laughs> them throw it right in the trash because they're just going to be looking for cock and balls on their iPhone screensavers. You're like, Grandpa. Dude, not like the only way to like one up that next Christmas is like I have to get him like VR goggles for the porn that he oh can watch now. Oh, my God. You have to. Dude, that house you talk about this sticky. in your act at all? No, no. So funny, dude. Are you kidding me? It's, uh, it's That's a- so real and that's so... Because also, dude, you did what I, and I'm sure you love too, in comedy movies, comedy bits. Like, if you can get a decent amount of heart and then, like, kind of, you know, get a right hook with some yeah, laughs right left, after, dude. Because you field. sucked me in when you were just like, man, he drove me every Wednesday. And then right after, dude, you were like, so I thanked him with a pocket pussy, like, for Christmas? Dude, that is so funny, man. It's the least I could do. The amount of sex stand-up has got me wouldn't have happened. Hilarious. Had he not taken me. So. Wait, okay. So he takes you every Wednesday, mm-hmm. and you're doing a new five minutes. Yeah. And are you, uh, like, running bits with him on the ride over? Are you talking with him? Or is he just like... No, I'm supporting my grandson. Yeah, just that he's incredibly introverted. My whole family is like I'm. I'm nothing like my family. My fam- My grandpa's the funniest one, I suppose. Like cool. he, I I probably got into comedy because I would go stay at him every weekend when I was a kid. Yeah. So he would show me like Adam Sandler films, uh, Rob Schneider, David Spade. Uh, I think I had seen Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton when I was like eight. Awesome. Like, By he, the way, I'm a big advocate of that. I showed my uh, brothers when they were eight and nine, Family Guy, mm-hmm. sent them all the DVDs. Aww. And to this day, I firmly believe their sensibilities are what they are because of that. Because yeah. they just got, you know, uh, you know, started to be just aware of like, 
uh, that type of comedy, mm-hmm. and like it's definitely shaped him. So that's dope that he did that. Totally, for totally. I think that was that's what made me have an have an appreciation for comedy in general, whether it be comedic films or stand up in general. But my, yeah, my entire family is like they're not funny, they're not extroverted, wow. like they don't conversate well. Like th- I wouldn't even be able to have this conversation with anybody in my family. Wow. They just, they're very unlike me. So where would you get any sort of riffing and joking at school? Or? Just friends. Yeah. I yeah. was, uh, I was like class clown. Yeah. Of course. Um, I By the way, I was the trouble. same way. Family didn't have, didn't even see that my mom was funny until probably really? the last 15 years when I started doing stand up and started to see that she was a person and not a parent uh, and started to be like, Oh, that's where I got the, definitely the chops from. But, um, same thing, man. I, I'd never, because I, I assume for most comics, because I would hear a lot of people being like, oh, yeah, I was like, I'd put on shows at Thanksgiving for mm-hmm. my family, right? And I was like, man, that was not no. me. It was either at school or at a friend's house with mm-hmm. their parents. I'd yep. try to make them laugh. But oh, like, yeah. I almost felt weird doing it at home. I was like, mm-hmm. right? Like embarrassed? A hundred percent. Yeah. My, my household was not the one to, like, to try to make laugh. I was I spent so much time in detention for, for oh, making really? jokes. Oh, what type yeah. of shit would you do for class clown? Uh um, like one thing was like my, my, my math teacher in high school, algebra teacher, whatever. Um, you were only allowed to use the bathroom like, like five times A per year. quarter or some oh, shit yeah, like that. Right? Sure. Like you got bathroom passes. Well, it was so obvious for the kids that were like, just like, Skipping I got a shit. shit again. You're like, yeah, okay, man. So I had used up all of mine like week two. Right. And, uh, I, I had glasses at the time. This is when I just got glasses and she wouldn't let me go use the restroom. And I really had to go for real. And I was like, for real. And I got up and I started, I started like kicking stuff around on the ground. And she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I dropped my contact. If I could really go to the bathroom to like rinse my eye out. Whoa. Whoa. And I'm wearing glasses the entire time, like stupid she stuff. Can't pick up on like, that. yes, yeah, just yeah. stupid stuff like that. Would you um, do voices? Would you do like you know impersonate people from movies? You know that was always popular. Some kids would just kind of get their their chuckles in by mm. doing like an Austin Powers or a. No, I was never really an impressionist or character person. I was like, I, I guess I, I've never really thought about this, but I guess it was a lot of like I was kind of punching up what the teacher would be talking about, like teacher would say something about something that happened in history or whatever. And I'd be like, <laughs> like some, something to go along with what she was saying, like very disruptive to the class, wow. um, which is and now. And get laughs. Yeah. And get laughs. Like crowd, the crowd, the students. Dude, wow. That's no, how that's stand up slip, I am. That's not a slip up, by the way. The That's definitely how, dude, I'm same fucking way, man. Really? You, oh, yeah, dude. You view that. I mean, you're not thinking of it in terms at the time that it is an audience, mm. but it is. I but mean, you it's get like, that rush. You're like that that good feeling of making my entire class erupt in laughter Never is way that. better than the getting scolded by my teacher totally. in the hallway. Totally. And it's also worth it. Yeah. Like that, get making yeah. a full classroom. By the way, that's so powerful. And mm. I think what's crazy is and why, you know, we end up separating from that because there are other funny kids I'm sure you knew that were. But it's, it, you know, it's why not every kid uh, has the um, audacity or fearlessness to mm. take risks to try to make the whole class laugh, be- yeah. knowing that there's uh, ramifications. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I still don't know why or how I got the confidence to do that, because I even to this day, if I go to like a party or an event or something like that, I'm not outspoken. I don't want to be center of attention. I, really? I feel like a lot of comics are actually kind of like that. Yeah. Like, other than when it's your time to perform, like. You don't really want to like talk to people. You don't really want yeah. the expectations of having to perform. You're a pretty social guy though, right? 
or when you have to be. When, when I have to be or just when I want to be. But it's not like I'm not one of those comedians who just like doesn't have an off switch. You know yes. what I mean? I My off switch, I'm usually off, right. I feel like. Right. Except for just when it's the right occasion, which apparently is middle of education. Yeah. Hair loss. I'm not dealing with it yet, but man, do I have too many buddies in their 20s and 30s and even their 40s who are losing their freaking hair. You got to do something about it, right? You don't want to be walking through life without hair because having hair is cooler than not having hair. Who said that? Guys with hair. I want to talk about a company that gives you easier access to hair loss treatment, prescription medication delivered to your home, online doctor consultations, Etc. I'm talking about Keeps. What does Keeps do? Well, they offer a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't even have to leave your home, which is great because you don't want to go to some store or pharmacy and talk to someone who you don't even know about it. That's embarrassing. It's a low-cost treatment. They just start at 10 bucks per month, and Keeps offers generic versions, discreet packaging, and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Look, prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. More than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. And look, there's only two FDA-approved medications that prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss and start living a better, sweeter life, go to Keeps.com, that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash last night to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's Keeps.com slash last night to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash last night. Start getting that hair back, baby, in the places that matter most. What, uh, What was the moment where you go, okay, I think I'm now going to, like how many open mics... Or bringer shows did you do before? Like, did Stroop finally say something to you? Like, did he ever give you any sort of, you know, uh, piece of confidence? So, I, the things I did when I was early on in my career are like so outrageous to even think about doing today. But like, when I started stand up, Twitter had like just kind of popped off, right? Oh, okay. To where not everybody was on it, so mm. everybody was incredibly accessible. So when I was, I was. I think I just turned 16. I've been doing stand-up for, I've done it maybe maybe 20 times, right. really. Um, D.L. Hughley came, was coming to the Funny Bone, uh-huh. and I was a massive Soul Plane fan. <laughs> By the Man. way, that's all I knew him from. It's the from He was so the bathroom fun. attendant in Soul Plane. So funny, dude. And I reached out to him, and I, I had heard that like after open mics, the next step is like guest sets, and then hosting, then feature, then headlining. Cool. So I reached out to him on Twitter. I DM'd him, like, hey, man, I'm a massive fan. You're coming to my city. Like, could I could I do a guest spot on your show? And he was like, again, didn't have to, shouldn't have, but was like, sure, why not? Go by and show up. And he's like, fuck, you're really 16. I thought you were like somebody 25 just trying to like get some stage time or whatever. Whoa. Did the show. Went great. He invited me to stay the entire weekend. And Whoa. Then, and then I did the same thing with uh, Finesse Mitchell, who's still a yeah. very good friend of mine. That's awesome. Eric dude. Griffin, Ralphie May, who I was... I mean, was a great friend until no he passed, way. obviously. Yeah, all of those guys. Within within two years of doing stand-up, <laughs> I was like already in with these guys from just reaching, just asking. That is a, and I, you know, fully subscribe, always have to, mm-hmm. you don't ask, you don't get. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, I think, levels to that because, you know, look, um, it's not like you hadn't done it at all. It's not like you were asking to feature. Like, yeah. you were, it's like asking within reason recognizing like what 
you know, you can't ask for. Yeah. Like, obviously, if you're going to, uh, you know, if you DM Chappelle, yeah. like, can I go on the road with you? Mm-hmm. That's probably not the right ask well, at that time. But well, since, since you bring up Chappelle, yeah. the, this is the difference between me at 16 and me and, and, and me now. And it's it's hard to describe what what the difference exactly is. But I just I didn't have the courage to do it, even though I feel like I definitely maybe, maybe I should have done it, but I didn't have the balls to do it when he was working out his SNL monologue yeah. recently yeah, yeah. in Atlanta. That's my old manager's comedy club. So I was in Alabama doing shows. What, which one? Um, the Atlanta Comedy Theater, okay. Garrett Abdo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was in Huntsville stand up live there that weekend yep. and he was like, yo, Chappelle's staying a whole week here. And I was like, cancel my flight back to LA. And yeah. I, just, I drove to Atlanta and I stayed all week to see his show. And I saw like six of his shows in a row. And like, I like show four, I could see it was just one opener who was like doing okay. And then it was, and then it was Dave. So yeah, after like show number four, um, Gary was like, do you want to meet him? And I fucking, I've always wanted to. I just, never I, have. Never met him. I, I, I'd favorite always, comic? Favorite comic. Me too. And I, I'd always just wanted to say like, thank you. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for being such an inspiration and to me. For as long as he's done it. Like yeah. what's so crazy, Matt, is like I, you know, when he, when I was in college, when Chappelle show popped, I'm sure you loved Chappelle show too, right? Yeah. Like, and, and so, and stand up wise is when he, that he really popped. Mm-hmm. He'd been doing it obviously at 15 as well, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is probably another reason why you're kind of connected to him on that yeah, level, right? Yeah, he and Ralphie are like two of the only ones I know who started before me. That's crazy. Crazy. So to be doing it, at least like when I would go, I drove to Vegas to, I mean, flew Seattle, like uh, San Diego, a bunch of places to see him with mm-hmm. Chappelle's show. And then at the store, he did a, a show. First time I went to the comedy store was the main room my sophomore year, 2003. And I remember like- David Just as an Schu- audience member. Oh, yeah. He okay. sat like four rows away in the main room. And uh, I, I want to say Louis opened- or did a guest set, and then I wish I could remember who else, but like Polly was there and was filming a little documentary, and David Schwimmer was there, and, oh, man. and it was like star studded, yeah, uh, and it was so great, and it was, uh, and and so what is crazy, and just to piggyback on our you know appreciation for his commitment to the mm-hmm. craft, it's like still, man, like I mean, dude, what is it, three specials in the last five years? I mean, at least, and yeah, still so prolific with his material mm-hmm. always funny he's always funny always has a message yes always has a, a perspective that's unique but speak but oddly speaks to the masses yeah and it's totally to to be a true like man of the people and to be a voice yeah. of like it's it's always i feel like important to have somebody that really is like so silly like he is which I, mm-hmm. is what i love about his comedy is that he can mm-hmm. be really like I went out to the Chappelle sh- uh, camp uh, this summer, and oh, dude, oh I saw that, oh, yeah, dude, amazing. so jealous. And we're sitting in the back one point, and John Mayer's uh, playing, and he's just serenading. All the girls are swooning. Oh. And Chappelle's looking, and we're both just looking, and then he looks over at me, and he just goes, and it, we, it, and I just smile. I was like, I was like, it'd be tough to follow. And he goes, man, and he goes, and he goes, yeah, you're kidding. And he goes, pussy jokes don't fail me now. <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> such a funny thing to say, like just being like, I'm such a fucking like that's what I'm bringing to the table, yeah. and that's what he But it was. You know, just so, and by the way, so cool. Couldn't have been mm-hmm. more generous. Like, even in the hangs that we had that were a little more secluded, like, saw that I was, you know, kind of not as uh, familiar with everybody mm-hmm. and and would come up and just chum me up, dude. Yep. And I was out there when I got the Young Rock job and he came up and gave me a big hug because I oh, told man. my buddy who's his tour manager and he told Dave and I was just like, dude, I think it was a good vibes of the weekend or whatever. And he was, but I was like, dude, you're just so 
nice. He's very gentle and so down to earth. Which yeah, man. Didn't, for somebody who doesn't have to be. Totally. He'd have that kind of wiggle room with me if he wasn't. Totally. I'd be like, well, I get it. You know, there's a lot going on in here. So were you nervous to then meet him? We oh, almost absolutely. like, I don't want to meet my hero because that definitely kind, has crossed my mind sometimes. Kind of. It's like him and like, I don't know, there's maybe two other people ever that I would be like, nervous to meet anymore and, yeah. and i was but i uh he, i got a chance to meet him shook his hand and uh gary inter- introduced me to him and uh I, I was able to thank him and he was just like stay stay true to the art and it'll be true to you which you know he could have gave me like a thousand dollars would have been better but it's fine yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm yeah, like yeah. thanks for giving me this yeah, shit yeah. i have to think yeah, about yeah. for the next 10 years oh my god but, but but what i was saying to lead up to that is like i wanted to so badly ask can I do five minutes to open your show before yes. your opening act? Yes. Because I feel, and, oh, you didn't. and this, and this, no, I didn't. But purely ego, ego wise, I was like, <laughs> I feel like my stand up is at the point now where this is this is probably conceited to say, but it's like it's it's something I think he would enjoy. I feel like stylistically, some of the stuff I'm doing now, I think he would laugh at, well, and that could be that could have been life changing. Maybe he asked me to do some other shows with him. I've heard of him doing that for people. Totally. Maybe he hates it, and maybe he thinks you know. You need to get better at it. Totally. But I didn't have the nerve to ask. Because that's also a, and you didn't. At 16, I would have. I wouldn't have hesitated. Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, look, I think your, our instincts and our gut are our most true sign of right and wrong. And Mm. you know, innately, right, you get that feeling of, of what you, I mean, look, sometimes I think it is, you know, important to kind of power through some of those things and really kind of reason with Mm -hmm. what your gut instinct is, but like. I don't know, man. The fact that you didn't is not, I think, and I don't know what the reason fully was, and maybe you figure out after as far as like, oh, I'll bump into him again, or I want him to ask me. That's kind of what it feels like. Because like he didn't, and not that I deserve this, not that I expected this, but like, it's not like he was inquisitive about me. It's not like he had heard of me before. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty in the scene. Yeah. So like, there was a part of me that's like, I would kind of want him to be like, you want to do five? I've seen what you can do. Do you want totally. to do, do it on my show? And even show? if he hadn't seen, like maybe there's so just a better. vibe and whatever. Because yeah. uh, there's something to be said about that. Like we said, you know, you don't ask, you don't get. But sometimes it's cool when it's like they ask and then you get. Exactly. And there is something to be said for people like putting the first hand out. And, mm-hmm. and you were meeting them and you knew you were a comic. And like, I think it's smart that you like felt it out and like probably gave maybe a, there was probably a moment where you were like, all right, maybe he'll yeah. offer. And, and if he doesn't, then maybe mm-hmm. that's how then then it's almost weirder if then you ask and then you put him on the spot exactly and then he says yes because of but then also then there's the uh the play out of like maybe then that's he's like oh fuck and then he watches and then you crush and then he's like oh shit yeah. maybe I misjudge him and but then, then there's also the scenario of he doesn't watch at all and no. then I was just the guy who asked him for something as soon as he met him one thousand percent and I can't I'm I'm very bad at asking people for things for any kind of help in any situation thing, I know it's just I don't I, I I'm a pretty independent person yeah I don't if I so if I do ask for help I really do I really do fucking need right. it but I, I and people like that they get asked for things everybody who meets them wants something from them well that's why it's cool that you did hey guys Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Obviously, it's a very difficult time for everyone right now. We're all uh, challenged in finding a day-to-day routine that that makes our lives uh, consistent and awesome. And if there's something that's interfering with your happiness right now or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Uh, BetterHelp is a professional counseling service online, private, and it's so convenient. Um, I've used it for a little bit now. 
it's truly the only way uh, that I found uh, to help get uh, my own issues dealt with on my own time uh, at my own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your licensed professional counselor right now. They're specialized in depression, anger, stress, anxiety, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief or relationships, uh, sleeping, which I have a lot of uh, trouble with, trauma, self-esteem, anything that you share with them is confidential. And guess what? If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, at any time, you can request a new one for no additional charge. There's 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states available worldwide. And again, there's four ways to communicate with them. Text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's available on any desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule a video or phone session, generally weekly, unless your therapist schedules more, uh, unless you just are really not sleeping and need to get some uh, some some additional chats in. Uh, there's broad expertise in the network, which may not uh, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure. It's convenient. It's professional. And above all, it's affordable, all right? It's truly the most affordable option I've found. So right now, all ALN listeners are going to get 10% off your first month with a discount code about last night. So why not get started today and start making some changes for the better in your life? You deserve it. So go to betterhelp.com slash about last night. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night. Betterhelp.com slash about last night and get 10% off your first month with promo code about last night. And now back to the episode. You're in a place now too, and, and I think it's cool that you even had enough wherewithal to sit back and and not, you know, overplay the situation, but then mm. also trust in yourself and go like, I know that I would go out there and crush and do yeah. my thing. Because that's a good feeling. Because you've been doing it now how long? Ten years. Ten years. Mm-hmm. I think when I did meet you, I think it was a what well, I remember a specific time of of might have been like maybe five or six times in knowing you at the Laugh Factory. And you yeah. had just I don't know why I remember this so vividly, dude, because I I just remember when I met you, first of all, I just, I liked your energy and like knowing a little bit, I think about talking and you were like wide eyed and you, I want to say you like introduced yourself to me and were just, and, and said some complimentary things. And then, but then just seeing a young comic and like somebody that was like excited Mm -hmm. is always awesome. And then I think you said something about, I think this was maybe, maybe it was actually a handful of times after or a year later into Mm -hmm. you doing it or, or being in LA and the, um, you know, kind of uh, substance of the conversation was about how you I may had just moved to LA and weren't didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And I think I was like, you should get a job, but you were surviving on road work. And yeah. I was like, and I think I remember vividly being like, it just, you know, from my experience of like having a job because it was going to open you up to like meeting more people mm-hmm. and getting more experiences that can be you know, channeled into material yeah. and right. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this, but I took that advice not Whoa. long after. And I you walked out and we're like, fuck you old man. And I was like, <laughs> I think he appreciates it. Well, much. then rent was yeah. due. And yeah. I was like, well, maybe that old man was onto hilarious, something. Hilarious. And I, and I, I went to Ralph's to get groceries and wasn't applying for a job or anything. And this, uh, this older woman, probably, probably like late fifties, early sixties, mm-hmm. was working there, manager or something like that. And she just goes, "You want a job here?" And I was like, "How many? Wait, not that same night." No, this was okay. ma- maybe a week, or maybe okay. two, three weeks after, but it was relatively recently after. And I was like, 
I, mean, I do money. I do need money. And it's like when I'm not on the road, I, I, I do have nothing to do here. Like my nights each night are going to the comedy clubs and just showing face and just being around yeah. in the community. But yeah. like I don't do anything all right. day. So I was like, why not? It's a couple blocks from my house. So she was like, here, fill out all this paperwork and we'll get your training. I was going to be a bag boy. Yeah. So they're like, you have training in like two weeks or something like that. And three days before I was supposed to start my training, I booked Wild and Out. So I didn't have to do the job. My Crazy. Man. Crazy. Dude. But you know what? That's awesome and that's a just prime example of like the active uh mindset that you need out here to mm. like and things beget things and just like just trying to move the needle in you know on and off stage like yeah. even just trying to do that the universe almost like recognized and i'm not super spiritual but it was like you know, picking up on, all right, all right, cool. He's now committed to try to like yeah, support he, the grind try. or something. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, that's and, awesome. Dude. But it took me, it's honestly been within the past three years for me to really understand what you meant about it opening you up to new things. Yeah. Because I, I was taking it from a perspective of like, not that you meant it this yeah, way, yeah. but like feature road work is like, what do you make? $400 a weekend? Totally. But it, if you can, it, without merch, which totally. pushing merch as a feature is always hard. Right. Uh, and it, often embarrassing. Right. Um, so I was like, yeah, if I, if I have the money for a little bit of freedom, maybe I'll be a little bit stressed out. But it, it, within the past couple, like three years, I'd say I've really understood what it meant to like, you do have to go meet people. You have to experience things in order to have perspective on them and talk about them. Yeah. And funny stuff just kind of happens. Totally do. When you're out there, if you're in your house, Nothing's going to happen. Dude, my closer is from my bag boy days at Albertsons right now. Really? Um, I did that all through high school. And it's it was also really just seeing, you know, you just getting here and wanting to, you know, finding that balance too mm -hmm. of like stuff that's not because I could see how gung ho you were, which was awesome and didn't want to take away from that. And I also could pick up that you were like, well, I think comedy is going to support because there is something cool about just being like comedy is going to support everything. Mm -hmm. And I got to a place to where I'm making enough to get by. Yeah. So I don't need to get a day job. Um, but there's, yeah, just so much you get from whether it's like extra, you know, financial stability, but really like letting your brain take a, a day off from thinking of the grind mm -hmm. and being a person and like being open to that stuff. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's just weird the way you, you can call it life. You can go out the universe, whatever it is. Every time since I've been out here for eight years, there's like usually, it's usually like every other year, maybe every, every three years, there's like, there's a, there's a downslope, you know, there's yeah. heated moments where you're, you're killing it and money is no issue whatsoever. And yeah. then there's downslopes where you can't get any work at all. Yeah. And every time I have gotten to like, this is my last month's rent. Like I seriously have no idea what I'm going to have to do. Like, um, this was beginning of, End of 2018, around Christmas time, I had no money. Mm -hmm. I was looking into getting my contractor's license to start doing construction. And like January of 2019, uh, Dane hits me up to go on tour with him. So oh. I was like, man, work just out of Great nowhere. Time, that has yeah. happened four or five times since I've been out here. It's wow. crazy. It's like fate, destiny. They both sound incredibly corny, but it's like almost every time that I'm like ready to throw in the towel being like, you know what? Maybe it's just not supposed to happen. Something some kind of yeah. comes up that you're like, I, yeah. I, I get another chance. Yeah. Awesome. And each time you take it, let the money you do make on those hot streaks, you take it less and less for granted. Totally. Is there, um, so when you got out here, that was, you were how old? 18? 17. 17. Yeah. I graduated high school early and came out here. Wow. Yeah. I stayed on Eric Griffin's couch for like a month while Whoa. I looked for a place. And so, uh, folks, grandpa were in full support. 
Yeah, yeah. Nobody in my family has ever gone to college, so like there was no pressure. Right. I um I had that manager Gary when I was sixteen. He found me on the internet. We it's a long that's another long story for another podcast. Oh wow. Um, but like I I was already touring by the time I was 16 turning 17 I was like the whole southeast market uh, Tennessee Alabama Florida right. Georgia all that stuff the Carolinas yeah um like missed both my proms to go do shows so like wow. I already I already kind of knew this is what I wanted to do I was making a little bit of money I yep. was enjoying it and I was like maybe there's a career path here yeah and so there was no pressure to go to, go to college like of course my mom was nervous but it's like if you love doing it what's the alternative stay in this exact hometown that everybody stays in and just yeah. be miserable you know a lot of people that do that oh yeah dude Every, so you knew early everybody on. i know yeah. yeah nobody leaves this town it's, it's wow. embarrassing so people are freaking out the fact that you even left and now have had success i mean is that just are you just a fucking hero of the hometown oh i was a hero when i left <laughs> they were like he's getting out of here i can't oh do i lived in la for like God. six months came back to visit like, and they were like you made Montez's it couch man yeah exactly like even that's a credit oh yeah i'm planning on they don't know this yet but uh i i want to go back because it's only two years away i want to go back for my uh for the 10-year reunion at my high school and i want to film a like it's not really a special because it's not really material but i want to do like a big event in the high school auditorium there we do a show yeah i want to do i want to do a show where i just kind of like i just talk about how what high school was like there and Bringing cool, up old man. stories and roasting Whoa. the town and all that kind of stuff. I think it'd be really fun. That's real cool. I mean, that's so inside baseball, but I it's think- It's incredibly people, inside. But also, like, I, you definitely just piqued my interest in, as far as watching it, because if you can also, like, mix in maybe, like, I don't know, with, like, seeing you talking to some of these people, like, in between, or maybe, like, talking head interviews from some of the people about you, mm-hmm. right? Like, to kind of fill it out. Oh, totally. Um, but also, everyone's got- like even if you're doing jokes about uh, the principal or PE teacher mm. or whatever, like we all have teachers and people that like are going to be some version of what you're talking about. That oh, you can abs- relate to. absolutely. And and there's a there's a bit of an ego boost in it because I, I high school was not good to me. Oh, really? At all. So it's 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 a it's a flattering fuck you of like I look I'm past it. I'm able to make fun of it and and get through it humorously. But like this wasn't a good time. So teased? I wanted to be. Oh, dude. And I don't like playing this card because I don't like people who ask for sympathy. I want nobody to fucking feel sorry for me. I'm doing fine. But like, yeah, I was bullied like fucking crazy. Well, for what? I was just like class clown, scrawny, like not not in with the I, I played sports, but like I wasn't one of the jocks. I also wasn't one of like the weird loser kids. So like I was just I don't know. I was probably easy bait, I suppose, yeah. which I think. Is where a lot of people kind of develop their humor. You you learn to deflect with it. Of when course. somebody says something about like, "Oh, you got a little dick," you kind of rather than be like, "Oh no," and like you're so embarrassed. You, well, you might like, at first, oh, but is. then it's like, yeah, the third time they say that, you're like, I can't just keep taking this. Exactly. You you can jokingly embrace it and be like, "Ah, oh, I know," but it's cute though. Yeah, or your some mom shit likes like it. That. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Life it can get crazy, ups and downs, highs and lows, up down left right select start a b who hasn't been there you're standing in the wine aisle like a dum-dum staring at the shelves like do i want a california red or maybe one from oregon something organic maybe just one with a nice label that i can impress a lady of the night with thankfully there's first leaf a better way to discover wine at a fraction of the price that you'll find in a store Sounds like a better deal. That's because it is, Grandpa. First Leaf is a fully customizable wine club. Yep, that's right. You can be a part of a club, finally, that sends curated boxes of wine that are perfect for your taste buds. And they have more award-winning wine than anyone else. So you're going to be drinking the best of the best with the best of the best. 
With First Leaf, there's no guesswork, no misguided recommendations from an employee who doesn't know what the hell they're talking about, and no frustration on your part. Each wine shipment is entirely customized to your unique palate and preferences. Unlike those big box wine memberships, First Leaf uses a one-of-a-kind algorithm and your feedback to curate future wine recommendations, which is spot on with their specifications, the breakdown. That way you're drinking only what you dig and, uh, and not what you don't dig. Does that make sense? The more wine you taste and review, the better your shipments will get. First Leaf also works directly with the world's best winemakers to not only find the best wines available for you, but to pass the savings on to you, saving you up to 60% off retail. That's the advantage of not going to the store when you get that shit set right to you. It's cheaper. We've been using First Leaf for a while now, and guess what? It's the shit, because I don't know anything about wine. I'm like, you guys, I'm like, I like red better than white. It's like, cool, you picked a color, dum-dum. How about an actual preference? So, First Leaf helps to break it down, uh, find the taste we like, whether it's, you know, slow and smooth or dry and oaky, or just, you know, having a, a sweet dessert wine. It's got the aftertaste you're looking for. That's what First Leaf does. They break down your tastes and make sure that it's the drink for you. Save time, money, and stress with First Leaf, the wine club designed with you in mind. Join today, and guess what? I can't believe I'm reading this. You're going to get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. That's crazy. Six dope, expensive bottles of wine for $29.95. Just go to tryfirstleaf, T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com, slash A-L-N, name of the podcast. And that's uh, going to be six bottles of wine coming your way for $29.95, plus free shipping. All you got to do, go to tryfirstleaf.com, slash A-L-N, for six free bottles of wine and start living the sweet life, Zach and Cody style, with the best wine the world has to offer. This this is a fun one to tell. Yeah. Uh, my biology teacher in 10th grade, I was fucking around in class or whatever, and in front of the entire class, she yelled at me from across the room and was like, Matt Rife, stop fucking around in class. Cursed in front of everybody. It's like, Whoa. stop fucking around in class. in class. If you don't pay attention and you don't get good grades, you're going to fuck around, not go to college, and you're, you're going to work at McDonald's for the rest of your life. And the whole class, in a typical high school fashion, ooh, McDonald's, and McDonald's I, fucking sucks. And I, I hit her back with, I was like, well, uh, her name is Miss Bradley. I was like, well, Miss Bradley, if I work at McDonald's for the rest of my life, I'm, a, I'm eventually going to work my, my way up the chain of management and I'll make way more than a teacher's salary. Shut the fuck dude, up, dude. I got in-school suspension for two weeks. Of course you did. <laughs> Holy shit, man. So that would be a fun one to tell back home. You're like, I, oh my God. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, what did she do? Time. Was she just like, went cold faced? Like, couldn't oh, just stone cold principal's office now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to take that bullshit from you. Yeah. Of Holy course. shit. I heard she doesn't work there anymore. So that kind of sucks. That's uh, well, man, I didn't know that. I mean, there's, I, I assume for anyone who's doing this, there is like, there's a hole that we're looking to fill. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. whether, and, and for the, so, so not you know feeling like maybe you didn't have a i'm sure you had buds right yeah of like, course but like getting teased and not being fully like accepted which you know everybody feels at, at a to a certain extent but um you know it's it's i think why when we start getting into this you're just looking for like that i mean to be you know the looking embrace, for validation yeah. from strangers is such mm -hmm. a crazy thing but i think it's also met with at least for me, in like getting teased, it's so funny. Scrawny kid, fat kid, like it's just those ends of the spectrums. Yeah, like it's like fuck, dude. If like you were like ten pounds heavier and mm -hmm. I was ten pounds lighter, maybe we would have fucking yeah you know, skated through. But and uh, that's that's a hard image for me to paint, also as well, because I I look the way I do now. Yeah. So and I'm I'm trying to 
I'm trying to figure out the perfect way to talk about it in my set now because whenever I talk about away from that, because that's what happened and that's what. But nobody to who believes you are. me, right? I it's hear you. crazy. If yeah. you go down to the be- beginning of my Instagram, you'll be like, "This is a different yeah, why human do I feel being." Bad for this guy, right? It, exactly. Nobody feels bad for me now. So you've strayed away from any material that you think is because you don't think people are going to feel bad for you. No, look- I don't. I don't. I've learned not to stray away from it because there's well. <sighs> That that's not. I don't want to word it like that because I don't want anybody to feel bad for me. Right. I, I'm a. This isn't good, but I'm, I'm working on having more empathy and sympathy. Because yeah. Everybody's dealing with shit. Yeah. Why the fuck would I ask you to feel sorry for the things I've dealt with my, in right. my life when you've probably had just as bad or right. worse shit? Right. Everybody's got their thing. Yeah. I never want anybody to feel sorry for me. But there's a way to talk about it to that. Yeah. To show how it shaped you, right? I, I I only talk about it to show exactly that. It's like well. I'm not like my life isn't just like easy. I yes. don't just come from being like a privileged, good looking white kid. Yeah. Like it's, it hasn't always been like that. So right. that, I, I want to talk about it in that context. Yep. It's not like, oh, please feel sorry for yeah. me because like I'm, I, I, don't, I don't want that. And there's probably like great. I mean, there's just I don't know so many bits even of just like the things, you know, I don't know if there's even like similarities of the things you dealt with being like a scrawny kid that was teased with girls that you still deal with now or like, you know, the things that same things that pop up or is it just like a full confident shift? Like incredibly, yeah. I didn't lose my virginity until like up uh, two Couple months before I yeah. moved, <laughs> but like two months before I moved to LA. Whoa, yeah, it was crazy. Wait, I, was that a planned move where you're like, I can't go to LA? No, I just didn't. Just I had never person. had a girlfriend yeah. until oh, like wow. two months before I moved to LA. How come? Just wasn't interested. Wasn't looking. Didn't yeah, have, was, yeah. Dude, I didn't. I didn't look good. I was like bone skinny. Um, I I just had no confidence. I was right. funny, but yeah. like that. I mean, I'll get you so far. Yeah, yeah. As a kid, when right, right. like most of the kids you grow in high school with got beards and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I had had like one kiss and a hand job between the ages of like fourteen and seventeen and a oh half. My God. Dude. Yeah, I was not great. Which is something. That's something to like hang your hat on and be like, but yeah, going to Humbling. Hollywood. Yeah. But then puberty starts to set in. You start to get funny. You start to get some notoriety and be yeah. on television and all of a sudden you're granted all this opportunity, Whoa. I suppose. Yeah, and it, it is a massive confidence. Do you still uh, keep in shift. touch with a girl? Uh, you know what's funny? We don't, but next time I go home, I've thought about hitting her up to just be like, let's just grab lunch. Because it it was like the typical high school romance. We're like, are we going to get married? Like, oh, we're really? so in love with each other. Oh, wow. And like, it'd be nice to go back and be like, okay, can I still see what I would have saw then? Like, totally. Can I still understand where I was coming from? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, that stuff is always... She, so she doesn't have a family and like married and all I that. I think I looked at her Facebook like three or four years ago and she had a boyfriend. Yeah. But other than that, not, not that I know of. I think it'd be nice to catch up. Like I, did, yeah. I did care about her. There was yeah. no there was no problem in the relationship or with her other than like I was wildly insecure yeah. in a in a long distance relationship yeah. at seventeen. Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, so then you get to L.A. All right, so you're crashing with Air Griffin, uh-huh. and then you're just. Uh, what balls to the wall with comedy and trying to just make this. Yeah, man. Life. I, I knew enough people in yeah. the scene from doing the guest spots and which is huge by the way, because coming here at all is mm-hmm. I have so much respect for anybody that comes here to just immerse herself in it because it is so daunting and overwhelming. And well, even knowing some people is helpful, mm-hmm. but you're still like by yourself out here, right? Yeah, but it's like it's it's again, it's the Ignorance is kind of bliss. You totally. know what I mean? You're you're naive to how crazy it is. Anytime yes. somebody tells me that, thank you. It's a very sweet compliment. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, that, at that age, I had no idea. Yeah. I was just like, well, I'm just 
this, this is the equivalent to me going to college, totally. right? It's just probably overwhelming and yeah. scary and you don't know what you want to do. Like, what I want to do is there, so I go there. What's the big yeah, deal? Exactly. Right? Like, it, was, it seemed like the logical thing to do. It's another place with different people and exactly. like more opportunities. What's yeah. hard about that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I knew enough people that were like, I would hang out the Laugh Factory primarily that it, it became- happened? What? Charlemagne. What? Oh, okay. what's, what's he doing? He calls TED Talk Tech Talk. TED Talk? He calls TED Talk Tech Talk. That's the oldest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, so back to my life story. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I just knew enough people and the Lab Factory was was the home club. It's where most of the people I knew were getting spots consistently. So yep. I would go hang out there and I wasn't 18 yet. So Jamie used to make me wait in that lobby area, which is where you and I would, would talk yeah. and I'd have to watch through like the little window thing. Oh, because it wouldn't let you in. Wouldn't let me in. I either had to be upstairs in the lobby uh, in, the, in like the VIP area wow. or like not in the showroom or outside by the ticket booth. But most of the people hung out around the ticket booth. So I hung out out there. And it just became, you just had to wait for your opportunity for somebody to be late or cancel. And then somebody all at the same time, somebody there who knows you and likes you, like, like say to Eric, vouch. to vouch and be like, throw that up for five. It's five minutes. So that would start happening. Yeah. It would just happen little by little. And then managers there at the time would, uh, and, and, and I mean, they've been through so many, yeah. but they would kind of take note. And, you know, if you're a good, if you're a nice enough person and charming and get along with everybody yeah, and it's like it's supposed to happen stage. yeah totally. you're hanging out there more maybe Jamie's not there and they need somebody to fill up in five like well Matt's here throw him on and it just became and you started hosting process. there a lot too right and hosting yeah which is a great was a, was a great move on your part because I did that for certain shows just when I was getting going just to get stage time mm -hmm. realizing I'm like when Comedy Use was the big show yeah and I knew the guy that was running it he was like man these were just always so stacked but we became buds and he's like and I want to throw you bones but He's like, I always need hosts. So he's like, if you're down, mm -hmm. so I would get, you know, you know, they do it every Wednesday. Sometimes three out of the four in a month because he just needed a host. And yeah. I, and it was a cool, it's another great skill set to mm -hmm. develop. And it's like, you know, I, a part of me would have some apprehensions because I was like, I'd see people that were hosting all the time. And I was like, well, I don't want to turn into like that type it's, of- It a, is easy to get boxed in. Totally. But it was like, all right, well, like it definitely made me have to, you know, always- uh, uh, have energy, mm -hmm. right? Which I think is not bad. And then, you know, be able to riff a little bit with the crowd. Yeah, you got to be able to do crowd work. And then do different shit, hopefully, every time because you are uh, out of the gate. And it's nice to be at places where you can get a consistent uh, run of shows because you're like, mm -hmm. oh man, these people are seeing me a lot now. I can't be doing the same shit. Exactly. Right? That's um, that's one of the hardest things. Like, are you a, are you a sit down, pen and pad at a desk, right kind of guy, or are you it, more life experience? Something sparks and you're like, "Oh, I can make this funny." I, yeah, totally. I'll, you know, wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and just write down. I yeah. used to have the books, and then I lost two different times notebooks that were devastating. Oh. So now it's just all phone because I'm like, you lost yeah. them because even if I uh, and one of them more so than the other, but it was they're both. You know, I was able to remember bits of things, but like, dude, it, it was just. Uh, yeah, it was just so uh, awful. So mm. I was like, I just got to, even if I lose my phone, I'll never, you know, always have the email to yeah. get access. Um, but yeah, every now and then I'll sit down and, and really flush stuff out. Mm. Uh, it just depends. Some of those things will come to me even like in the back of an Uber and I'll, you know, jot down a whole paragraph of something. Sometimes yep. it's just nuggets of something and I'm like, well, let me just play with it on stage tonight. Yeah. But then I'll be like, well, that's lazy. Like, so come back to that, you know, in a couple hours maybe and, mm. and, and think on it. Um, 
or talk it out with uh, with buddies. Um, yeah, I'm, but, I'm the same way. I've always yeah. been jealous of people like like Neil Brennan who can sit down and just write for three hours. Right, and just kind of have his structure and be mm-hmm. like, this is the joke. I'm going to take this and that's what I'm going to try out. Yeah, it's it's weird because I'm not like, I'm not a super energetic performer per mm-hmm. se, but I'm also not like a stand and deliver just writer either. It's kind right. of a weird mix in between. Yeah. But I mean, I wish I had the confidence in both skill sets. Yeah. Uh, so when you got going out here, mm-hmm. did you, um, you know, obviously when you're coming out with a little confidence to LA and you start kind of getting some gigs wild out, you said was like the first thing that kind of, uh, well, technically the first thing I did was I did BET's comic view oh, when I shit. like, like a, like a month after I turned 18, I was doing the, uh, oh, the wow. comedy, I was doing the comedy union mm-hmm. down on Pico. You used to do it all the time. No, of course. But that's, that's another thing, by the way, that's, it's crazy. So many people ask me how I ended up doing so many, like black clubs and shows in the mm-hmm. beginning of my career and, and still do it's because black people <clears throat> always gave me so much more opportunity than white people did wow it's so strange mm-hmm. like they were always more apt to be like yeah come, come do my show and just white comics weren't like that so it's like yeah of course i'm gonna go where i'm comfortable yeah. and where i wanted yeah so i was at the comedy union and um amber bickham who, ev- who everybody knows uh she's incredibly sweet she saw me there and was like i'm booking it would you want to do it and i was like yeah so i was I was the youngest person to be on the show. Got a standing ovation. My dog died the morning of the taping. Oh my, my first time god. ever doing a TV oh thing. Oh my god! I know. My first dog ever. By you the way, big dog guy. Yeah, yeah. So this was a fucking oh, I was gut punch. Ball, like four in the morning the night before the show. I'm bawling. Like, Fuck, Why? dude. Standing ovation, crush it. You start crying, thinking about your dog. Didn't cry, but then the show got pulled before my episode aired. So that was my first taste of like, the oh, oh, God, oh, they can Hollywood. just do that. Well, do I get the footage? No, they own it. Awesome. Oh, okay. Man. So I don't even know what it looks like. Because hey, um, you probably in your head being like, dude, if I can at least get that clip and put it oh, on YouTube, yeah. I'll fucking blow up. Or, or my reps have something to send around yes, to people or something. something. Use it for something. Yeah. But then, I, yeah, it, Wild Now ended up being the first significant thing. Did you ever find yourself, I know I did, I used to talk about this with Dion Cole about like the first time I started doing, um, you know, uh, just real urban rooms mm. where I would find myself being like, yo, motherfuckers feeling good. Oh uh, yeah. Did you yeah. get a little bit of that? Yeah. Um, a, a little bit. Oh, pr- primarily when I was, uh, again, this goes with the longer story, but Gary used to own another club in Atlanta that mm. was, it's like the most ghetto club in the country. It's called Uptown Comedy Corner. Yeah. He used to own that. So when I was 16 to 17, that whole summer between my junior and senior year, I went down there and I lived with him and I was working his club every single night. So in that, Spurt, I saw, I was just seeing like the most ghetto comics oh every God, single yeah. night. You, you do start to pick up on it. For sure. But then around 17, I was like, wait, I I don't want to be Gary Owen, which no disrespect to him. Totally. I, I love Gary yeah. Owen, but it's like, I want to do everything. So I was like, look, you have to break yourself of, of that moment. You don't want, you don't want to be getting your guy's grandpa ever fuck a pocket pussy and break the neck? <laughs> Your grandpa ever break the neck of the pocket pussy? Hamburger. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. Eric Griffin will tell you, uh, a, a st- will confirm this story. One time I took a Greyhound from Ohio to open for him in Pittsburgh, at the Pittsburgh Improv. Wow. And I had just come from, just come from Atlanta for those four months. And I went out to Pittsburgh yes. at Eric's crowd and I opened with a music cue, a rap music cue oh, bit. Oh, God. And I, had, and, I, and I had the slang and everything. And bro, I, no, I 
bombed, bro. So oh, hard. like it, I stayed in his green room like this for like two hours. Yep. I didn't watch his show. I didn't go out there and do like meet and greets after or anything. He came back in the green room and was like, that's why you don't do that. Whoa. He was like, do not ever pigeonhole yourself. I mean, what, what, what you doing, man? Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, I'm I mean, <laughs> Bro, it was like the, I was doing the hackiest stuff yeah. that was working in these clubs. And I was like, this, this isn't, cool. But this you isn't had, cool. But you know what? It's great that like, but again, life works itself out where mm-hmm. you like you, you know, at some point you were going to get that, you know, mirror mm-hmm. being held up for you to go, oh man, that's like, and it took you to be there yeah. with Eric and some, for him to like, for you to feel it. And then for somebody that you look up to, mm. to give you a little bit of like, really? And then you're like, okay, yeah. That yeah. Was. Hey guys, Adam right here. Look, you know, sleep is important, right? We all do it. I think there's some stat like we sleep, you know, 50% of our lives. If you're going to sleep, don't sleep on some saggy ass bitch mattress at night. You deserve better. Okay. Sleeping is important. It's necessary. And you want to be comfy, happy, and healthy. So give yourself an upgrade. Helix Mattress is here for you, baby. This is the shit I sleep on. Been sleeping on it for years. They hooked up the About Last Night podcast. And I got to tell you, dude, it's a game changer. You've probably heard of Helix Mattresses because they are the best in the biz. And if you want to get to learn more, take the Helix Sleep Quiz. It takes two minutes, barely, to complete it. And when you take it, what Helix does is matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Because why would you sleep on a mattress or buy one that was made for somebody else, right? They've got soft, medium, firm mattresses, even mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. I run hot. I'm always hot. You know, I wake up in the morning, I sweat in the shower. So I took the Helix Sweep Quiz, and I was matched with the uh, Queen mattress because I wanted something that felt soft, uh, medium and and cool me down at night. And guess what? I sleep on my side and my back and my stomach. I move around a lot at night. I wake up. Sometimes I get some Skittles. Sometimes I do yoga. Sometimes I just wake up to fart uh, in the kitchen. So if you're looking for a mattress that fits your needs, take this quiz. It's easy. It takes two minutes tops. You order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door shipped for free. Not a lot of places will ship shit for free, but Helix will. They'll send it right to your door no charge, and you don't even need to go to the mattress store again once you get it because you'll be like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted, and it is crushing the sleep game. So go to helixsleep.com slash about, take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. I've been getting it, and you should be getting it too because you only get one life, and you should sleep the right way. They have a 10-year warranty, by the way. So if you get the mattress... Okay, and you don't like it. Well, guess what? You get 100 nights risk-free. And if you don't like it, like I said, they'll pick it up from you if you don't like it. But I know you're going to because I did, and it's the best shit out there. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for my ALN listeners at helixsleep.com slash about. That's helixsleep.com slash about for up to $200 off and two free pillows. So do it right now. Feel better, sleep better, live better. I love you. And now back to the episode. And it's interesting because now I'll still have people now be like, you talk black on stage, which is already like a ridiculous thing to say to anybody. Yeah, yeah. But the reason I was so comfortable in black rooms and why I probably picked that, that, uh, 
whatever you want to call it up that mm. the, the voice up or whatever you yeah, want to yeah. call it, the accent or whatever is because I am incredibly comfortable around that and ever since I was in kindergarten yeah. my best friends have been black oh, cool. so there was a truth to that for yep. me but I was leaning on it yeah. too hard I was like this is where the funny is coming from yeah. versus now if I have a certain twang to my voice or I talk about a certain subject it's because that's really me right rather than like oh I'm pandering um you and Paul is it Ely or Elia? He changes it. You know what? It hey, was Paul. A, pick a fucking lane. It was. Dude. It was. It was Elia until Delia got in trouble, and now he's. I swear to God, he changed it because he doesn't want it to sound like Delia. Oh so I think it's, now it's Elia. Elia. Okay. Yeah. Um, you guys, and I remember um, seeing even like the write up you got on Deadline, which was oh, so cool. Thank you, man. So when COVID hit, uh. I don't know how, were you like, I'm going to take a break creatively or I'm always curious for how long did people sit back and go, I'm going to enjoy this time off where I'm not required to be anywhere or do anything. But then Mm -hmm. how long does that last for before you're kind of starting to go stir crazy and you're like, I got to figure out a way to get around this. And then, because you guys end up creating a real popular show in LA and really one of the first ones Maybe the first one. That it was... was the first one. Okay, cool. Which was, was one of the parts that played into it. Yeah, I went from beginning of March to beginning of July without performing at all. And spiral of events. I started having panic attacks and come through going through uh, through therapy. I realized it's, it's it was per- because of lack of performance. My therapist was like, you've been performing for nine years at this point. On average, what, once a week mm-hmm. for the past nine years? Mm-hmm. And performance is such a such an, an exertion of mental and physical energy. Yeah. Regardless of what you're talking about or what you're doing, you yeah. are, you do have an outlet for energy. And he's like, you don't have that. So now it's just kind of, fest- this energy is kind of festering inside of you. So I started having panic attacks, which I'd never had. Started having really bad anxiety, which I'd never that? I had to start performing. So we, and literally fixed it. I still have it a little bit, but like it, overnight it was no longer like debilitating. Whoa. So when I was taking out my trash and I, we had this this big backyard, this back parking lot area where like a couple cars parked and uh, I, I called Paul and I, I FaceTimed and showed him the space. I was like, yo, we could put people back here. He was like, can we do that? I was like, dude, I saw what Chappelle was doing in Ohio. <laughs> Michael Shea had put on this big outdoor show in a truck in New York. And I was like, this is this is Los Angeles. <laughs> this is the entertainment capital of the world, and nobody is putting on a stand-up comedy show. By the way, I love that you again got inspired from your favorite comic. Yeah, like seeing what Chappelle like, how great is that? Yeah, it's, another it's incredible. full circle. Like, wow, mm-hmm. like look what he like. Just to get the idea of of like, wow, like the my guy. Yeah found a way to get around it. Mm-hmm. So like, and thanks to him doing that, I was able to find my own thing. And so you guys created the show that was that's in the. Uh, so we'll probably go a few over, cool, and then we'll just cut marks. The next one short. Yeah, right. tell them to wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the show was in the is in the back of a truck. Yeah, which is you know on paper you're like, huh? But guess mm. what? Especially during a pandemic, you're like, I don't care if it was in the back of a homeless guy fucking <laughs> eating out another homeless guy. Like truly, if it was like in front of them or they or behind them, like yeah. whatever, I you know the obstacle was. Yeah, it was like. I want to, and the outdoorness was appealing and being in a place, LA, mm-hmm. where like, you know, that's a, a favorable element. Yeah. Uh, and then you guys just started, did you feel, because, you know, you've had every great comic come mm. through. Did it, uh, was it right away bangers like that where people were like, yes, I want to yeah, do it? Yeah, we had like the first show, we had Taylor Tomlinson, Sam Morell was in town. Mm. We had, uh, it was James Davis, oh. um, I think Yasser Lester as well. Like people who I was already friends with and then people I was kind of friends with, but like I was a fan of their comedy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
that definitely was is is to me one of the biggest perks of the relationships totally. I've, I've been able to build through that. People who were like knew who I was yeah. but hadn't seen me on stage and didn't know to like what professional ability should we really be have a relationship, you know, because everybody cool. does come. Yeah. You see people around that you're like, I don't really need to know you, really. Dude, a thousand percent. Getting the respect from your peers and having people yeah. see you in your element mm-hmm. and then being like just having that respect yeah. is huge. And getting to chum people up like mm-hmm. that. And then also you're providing truly like at that time the only spot. So yeah. that's it. So And I knew how much I needed it. So yeah. it's like imagine how much they needed as well. Yeah. Uh that's so dope, dude. Yeah, then you had that great write up, and the show's still jamming. Thank you. Yeah, dude, thirty two shows wow. since last July. And you guys crazy t- went to San Diego and did a few. We've done it. We've done five in San Diego. We've started cool. to branch out with it more. Um, it's a lot we, of work. We've, we've gone from my the back of my apartment complex to the venue you did, and yeah. now we've we, now we've upgraded to a hundred and eighty seater. Cool. Uh, it's just had all the safe protocols, which is cool. Uh, you guys just safe made. as it could be. Yeah, yeah. masks have always been required. Temperature checks, masks yeah. on. Now we're a little bit more lenient. If you have, if you show your vaccine card, well, oh, like, cool. you don't have to keep your mask on. Cool. It's fine. Um, and how much into that, uh, into doing the show and having it get successful and getting some like, you know, just momentum and confidence did then the special because you're getting ready to shoot mm-hmm. the first special. Yeah, which is great. Did Thank you me. always think ten years in that's when I want to do it or? What? No, I was uh, I was incredibly uh, unlucky to hear Gerard Carmichael say he did his first special eight years in. So I'd always thought eight is when you're supposed to do it, not realizing Gerard's a freak of nature yes. and brilliant. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I, I wanted to film one last year, so it would have been nine years in. But again, w- the way life works out, I, I'd say of the hour, a good... 45 minutes of that is all post post pandemic writing new material cool. that I like way better than what I was doing before. Wow. So it's like, it's probably better that I'm putting Always. out stuff now. I think everyone says that where they're like, I'm mm. glad I, you know, I'm, or, or looks back and says, God, I wish I would have maybe because I've added to that bit or I've mm. just gotten better. You know, you're always. I think hindsight's twenty twenty. You're always going to look back and be like, "Man, I you know should have even like waited another whatever." But yeah. like when you're ready, you're ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I'm excited, man. It's it's such a it's it's finally a set that I'm proud of. It finally has some actual. It's not just funny. It's it's my perspective on some things. Some things that are very important to me. Some silly stuff. I feel like it's a great introduction piece to me cool. as a stand. What it should be. Thank you. What's the title? Do you know? Uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards, if we get it out in time, only if it's relevant enough to make it work, I want to call it OnlyFans, Matt Rife OnlyFans, purely for the marketing alone. Amazing. Because I'm shooting it, um, if it's not at the one venue I mentioned, then the second venue, we're going to do it in the round where it's all people surrounding me, cool. um, very intimate, low ceiling place. So it's like even the background are, is just fans. Um, we did, we did the GoFundMe <laughs> for it, which you helped out with yeah. so much. Yeah, man. So it's like, it's funded by the fans and people are... I get 20 messages a day being like, what's your OnlyFans? Do you have an OnlyFans? So now if I if I hashtag Matt Rife OnlyFans or whenever somebody Googles Matt Rife OnlyFans, that's going to come up. Wait, people ask you 20 messages a day. Uh, wait, just straight up looking at your pictures and then go, what's yeah. your OnlyFans? Yeah. From gals and guys? Yeah, mostly guys. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like the marketing for that is, now, is what great. Is, uh, that's brilliant, by the way. Thank yeah, you. for sure. Because then, yeah, people are already. Now, I just started talking about OnlyFans in my act. Because it is uh, fascinating to me, mm-hmm. and and just had some funny interactions with people uh, in the crowd when I like I do this bit. I asked this one guy because I'm like, it definitely made me look in the in the mirror and be like, dude, well, how come much can I get for my calves? Yeah. You know? And I asked this guy, I was like, what would you put on OnlyFans uh, to make some cash? He's like, probably my Dallas Cowboys jersey. And I was like, oh, you think it's a sports memorabilia? <laughs> yeah. like, so that was a whole fucking. It was a very adorable just. 
approach to it. He thought it was yeah. a memorabilia. Yeah. So I was like, dude, you got to sex it up a bit. He's like, what if I pee on it? I was like, there we go. That's at least 90, 95 bucks. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But it just, but it, it's so, but I do know people that are on there cashing in. Bro, I know ugly girls so who are cashing out and I'm like, wow. Paying their rent and then some. So yeah. what, but you're not on it. I'm not on it, dude. Do which you is, think? Yeah, because, dude, I've sent no so many man. dick pics that's like, Hilarious. as soon as I'm famous, someone's going to leak it for free. Someone's going to. And that was going to be my last question. If you ever, by the way, if you ever were on, if we, well, we're going to do a uh, 10 question inside the actor's studio to close this out. Perfect. But, but um, how many dick pics? And how many is too Oof. many? That face how many is I a s- lot. <laughs> yeah, man. Now, maybe for the viewers, because you are the guy, I think, to uh, oh. to really break it down for the guys out there that are like, look, how, what's the best dude, thing? Dude, and- my friends are asking me the same thing, because, oh, dude, this is so going to get me canceled. That's so annoying. Well, then we don't have to get First into it. First of all, I've, I've never sent a dick pic that's like, I don't want to say unwanted, but like, fucking read the room. Totally. Don't just be like, hey, here's my dick. Well, don't, don't open do that. with For sure. That goes without saying. It's yeah, not don't like- don't open with it. Have an like, established hey, rapport. Like, it was great to meet you at the club tonight. Here's Whoop. my wiener. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, don't get me wrong. I've sent them pretty early. Like, I've sent them, I've sent them day of, but like, it's wow. it's because like, not, sometimes it's immediate, sometimes it's immediately apparent what this is going to be. Great. And if that's established, if you're already sexting each other, some... then it's like, hey, oh, yeah, yeah. maybe we cut the to the chase. Totally. Yeah. But I, I can confidently say nobody has ever been like, Great. I wish you didn't send me that. Right. Or like, please, I'm not comfortable. You read the room well. Yeah. It's, which is crazy to think how many people can't fucking I do that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'll send, I'll send them pretty, <laughs> pretty early. That's was so early as in now, will you take it early or is it like you've taken it the night before in preparation for a 7 a.m. takeoff? Um, they're, hell, man, this is going to ruin it. Um, some of you them are stock. Way, don't some of them are stock. You ever take a good one? You're like, that'll get me through like the next I six months. I think I've taken two. What? Uh, yeah, dude. I Yeah. Bro. Yeah, I know. Stop dick shaming yourself, man. Yeah. And I'm not fucking get a good you know, bashful, but yeah, uh, yeah. Get a, get it, get I think that's angle. what it was. I think it was like. You know that maybe the lights or the angle that I was like, dude, what am I doing? Well, man? Who dicks wants... are, they're just fucking ugly. I know. You know I what think I mean? that's the thing. I think I was just like, dude, why? I wouldn't want to fucking you know. So why would? But I think it's just like I think that's uh, an ego train that's easy to hop on. It's like you get a couple of good reactions to where you're like, oh, maybe maybe people people do like this, right? Or you get the girl who's like. I usually don't like when guys send that, but yours is like, oh, I, now it sealed the deal for me. Whoa. Now I'm interested. You're like, well, shit, maybe this is the key. God, I, so you could do that I'm on sorry. Only- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, mom. So there's uh, so there's probably a market for that on OnlyFans. Definitely. Yeah. So it's like, do I cash out on it first, or do I let it just be out there? No, nah, I think you let maybe the maybe you know try your luck at the craft of comedy first and if that doesn't go according to plan it's always yeah. only fans ain't going anywhere yeah part of me is like yeah you don't want to do that cuz you don't want to diminish who you are as an artist and as a yeah. performer and everything you've built but also like, fuck mi- man if there's money on the table yeah who knows what exec might see it and be like what he would make a good spider-man hilarious. interesting hilarious <laughs> he would make a good spider-man from one nut shot yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and uh okay so the spot you're going to shoot it what August 6th and 7th. Wow. Two shows. Two shows. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, no. We're going to do three to four shows. Oh, great. Yeah. But it's like I've I've never headlined in LA. I've done like the outskirts of Orange County and stuff like that. But especially for such an important event where it's like I need to pack this out. Yes. It's nerve wracking. Like, yes. What people don't come to my fucking special, dude? 
Uh, and scary. you said you're gonna fly your grandpa out. I'm gonna pull up our uh, last ten questions here. Real I'm gonna quick. I'm gonna fly my grandpa. I'm gonna try to fly my mom out as well. If I had to choose one, I'll probably I'll probably fly my grandpa. My mom's been to way more of my stuff. My grandpa didn't get to see me perform last Christmas in Ohio because he had a cough, not COVID, but a really bad cough. So he couldn't. He was like really bummed. He couldn't go see my shows. Yeah, he'll be fired up to come out. Yeah, I think so too. All right, uh, inside Fire the actor studio, James Lipton, R.I.P. No doubt you would have been on that show at some point. So Thanks, let's uh, let's knock it out now with the uh, ten question question. There, Matt Rife. Yep. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Yes. Fuck. I say it a lot. Are you more of a hard F guy or a CK guy? I think I'm a I'm a I'm an elongated you fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, bro. It's such. A, it just feels good to get it out. Does. A properly placed fuck does a lot. It of good. says a lot. Yeah. When kids can properly use fuck hilarious oh absolutely a well-timed fuck from a child dude hilarious not that's that is not how it could have sounded not um <laughs> that, that, no i mean uh, a, a child using, using the word, the fuck word at yes, an appropriate dude, i think people picked up on that dude yeah <laughs> you never know that's anymore Matt rife on twitter yeah. <laughs> uh, no it dude my buddy told me his kid said uh mom can i curse four years old and and she was like uh yeah and she goes i fucking love target that and seems like, totally dude, appropriate. Nothing, not only did you ask permission, use it correctly. It, you use it correctly, and you're like this. You're you're talking about something that I also fucking love. Yeah, um, brilliant, Matt Rife. What is your least favorite word? Least favorite word canceled. What turns you on? Ooh, in like physically or as a person, like it, over overall. It's your choice. Oh, what turns me on? Sense of humor. What turns you off? Lack of sense of humor. Great answer. What is your favorite curse word other than fuck? Aw. Um, God damn it. I know it's taking Good. the Lord's name in vain. You know I know. What, though? It's classic, know. though. And it's a real, when people throw out the GD, it's, uh, you can tell there's true frustration. There. Yeah. And I feel like he'd get it. You know, he gets it. He probably says it. He came up with yeah. it. Yeah. What sound of noise do you love? Sound of noise? Sound What's, or noise. Sound or noise. Um, rain. Ooh. Love rain. Nice. Mm-hmm. Seattle is. Um, I'm going there this week. I'm going there tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Tacoma. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pump that out for you. Thank it's you. A, man. Have you been there before? No, uh, Nate uh, Jackson's new club. Oh, dope, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I want to move to Oregon or Washington eventually. I love. I it's love the Pacific shit, Northwest. dude. And you would clean house. Yes, um, good to know. Your nickname will be the maid up there. You'll be just fucking <laughs> getting so much. All right. What noise or sound do you hate? Mm, noise or sound. My roommate drinks loudly. Like he oh. did, like when the people who go oh. to everything the they drink. Bro, I can hear it across the apartment. Didgeridoo? What is, <laughs> what is that? So, I don't know, man. I'm like, dude, just fuck, just sip on it. You don't have the deep throat the entire gallon. <laughs> it's you try horrible, to, yeah, bro. No, that's, yeah, there's no reason for the giant gulps. Oh, absolutely. Unless you have some sort of esophageal. No. Know, uh, I'll take a fart or a queef over a gulp any day. Isolate that audio. Send it to me. That's my new email alert. Matt Rife saying I'll take a fart or a queef over a gulp any day. Um, all right. What uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, <clears throat> sports. I love boxing. Great. But you got to oh, yeah. come sometime, dude. I, I love it. I would love to come uh, train like that. I've it's seen, so much fun. And when I see people post those videos, I'm like, dude, it's it's never – people that put that shit up, it's never like – you can't like. I mean, do what I'm watching you like spar. I'm, I don't. I don't post me sparring. It's I've seen a video of you fucking reason. doing like. That's just mitt work stuff. That's just like it's just fun cardio, finding numbers and 
timing stuff. That's not the Yeah, it looks like, legit. It's, it, that's the thing. It looks good. Yeah. But you still get people on the internet who's like, everybody can do mitt work, but can you spar? Yes, oh, really? I spar. But the whole point of me not posting is me is you not is you thinking I can't fight. Hell so yeah. fucking try me. All it's right, fine. I'll come through. What profession would you li- would you not like to do? Anything in an office. Yeah. Lose my mind. Mm-hmm. Need to, need to be doing something. Yep. If heaven exists, Matt Rife, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> Yo, that shit was crazy, wasn't it? Oh my God. I used to have this bit about, uh, we can edit it if we think it's too controversial. I used to have this bit about like, what if God is nothing like how you think he is? Yeah. Like everything that happens in the world, we go, well then why would God create this? Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I used to think it would be very funny if like, what if you got to heaven? The first thing God says was like, hey man. What's up with all that gay shit? <laughs> like, what, oh what if he was just oh, like, bro, yeah, I made vaginas yeah, so dope yeah. and y'all fucking butts? Like, <laughs> like, bro, I made them stink. <laughs> like, you know? Oh my God, I made them stink. What it's, not homo- it's not homophobic. I love no, gay people. It is. You funny. are supposed to be gay That's if you're gay. But it, it's just funny to think if it was that big of a turn. That's so funny, dude. Or an alt that God could say, uh, you know, Matt, I also would take a fart or a queef over <laughs> And you're like, that's what's up, God. And then he gives you your BET tape from the Comedy Union. And he goes, you want to watch it together? Oh, bro, if he had it? If he had it, he's got it. He's got it. No, the devil has that for sure. For sure. Where are you on Instagram and Twitter? Uh, Everything just at Matt Reif. Uh, We'll... um, I don't know if we'll put this out. We might put this out sooner than later and then just uh, really pump some clips out before the special drops. Dude, I'm all for it, man. Um, Whenever. But, I'm, just, uh, I'm so happy we made this happen. Dude, I've been wanting to do this podcast since you did man. it with Brad, dude. Oh, hilarious, dude. Well, Brad's under the table if you want to say what's up. Oh, I know. I feel yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're the man. Thanks for doing this. Congrats. Dude, love you, man. Too, Thank man. you love so too, much, bud. dude. All right. All right.